there's, um, if you're coming in, there's an outline on the right bleacher there. Bleacher. Pew. going to go ahead and get started. Does, um, did everybody get a handout? If you don't have a handout, there are a few left. They're over back here on the pew. Um, so let's, um, let's pray and we'll get started. Father in heaven, thank you for this day and the the, the great blessing it is to be here um, in this place to worship you and praise you and to learn. Um, Father, I ask that you would um, guide us and lead us through this day, um, through this next um, couple of hours. Um, turn our hearts towards you and our focus towards you. Um, I ask that we would um, gain understanding a deeper understanding of you and what you are like and how we can use that uh, for furthering of your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. All right, today is chapter five, which is God's mercy. Um, we'll take a, gonna take a break for the summer after today. So the next lesson will be probably the weekend after Labor Day. We'll come back and finish out the last five chapters of, um, of, the, of the book. The goal of this lesson is to help you understand God's mercy and to learn to trust in his mercy in time of need. Um, so Tozier says that mercy and grace are two of God's attributes that are so closely linked that it takes a theologian to distinguish between them. Today we're going to look at mercy, and next time we meet, we'll look at grace. Um, and what I've heard about the difference between grace and mercy is that mercy is not getting what we do deserve, and grace is getting what we don't deserve. So they're, they're very similar, um, and hopefully we're gonna have a long enough gap between them that that might help when we go through them. Um, 
But there's some four verses, four scripture passages here to read. And would anybody like to read the Psalm 103 one? Thank you. Next one is 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3. Any volunteer to read that one? Okay, thank you, Janiel. Thank you. James 5, 11. Last one is Second Peter three, verse nine. Did you notice any theme um, that was ex being expressed about God's mercy, not his merch? One thing I'll note, um, 
these passages were written by four different authors. Um, David, Paul, James, and Peter, but they all have the same theme. And that theme is God is merciful to us, not dealing with us according to our sins. So in the, on your handout, the first blank is David, Paul, James, and Peter. And God is merciful to us, not dealing with us according to our sins. All right. The next, um, going to read from Exodus 34, verse 7, and 2 Chronicles 5, 13, and as, as I'm reading these, think about what the main point is that's being made about God's mercy. Right. Moses rose up early in the morning and went up onto Mount Sinai, and the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. And in the second Chronicles 5, 13 through 14. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord saying, for he is good for his mercy endureth forever. Then that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. And what is the point that is being made about God's mercy? Everlasting. Yeah. Well, the, the answer that it. I think his mercy, you could say it is long suffering. I don't think that that's wrong, but um, it's eternal and infinite. Um, in these passages, that were read are from the Old Testament because Tozier wants to make a point that God has always been compassionate and merciful, not just since Jesus came. 
Mercy is used four times more often in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. In Tozer, um, there's a paragraph on page 77. It's the last paragraph that I want to read. There's been a lot of careless teaching that implies that the Old Testament is a book of severity and law, and the New Testament is a book of tenderness and grace. But do you know that while both the Old Testament and the New Testament declare the mercy of God, the word mercy appears in the Old Testament over four times more often than in the New. He says that's a bit hard to believe, but it's true. Um, and I, Tozier is making that point because he didn't, as he talks about later in that section, he doesn't want to want us to have a a, a view of the Old Testament that is in conflict with the view of the New Testament, not really the a view of the Testaments, but a view of God, that God is different in the Old Testament than in the New Testament. And we know that God is the same God. He's unchangeable. So Tozer wanted to make that clear, uh, that God doesn't change, but we would be the ones who change, although he doesn't say that. Um, so any questions on that? Have you ever caught yourself taking a dim view of the Old Testament because of the severity or adopting the idea of God as a party pooper? See some heads. Yes, we probably, most of us, have experienced that in some way. It does seem, if, as you... If, just as you would read the Old Testament, that God does seem to be more severe than in the New Testament, but um, he's just, why would you, why do you think that would, that is, that he seems more severe? does yes think back to God's judgment we talked about Okay, so the, the law pointing out our need for a savior.
mercy and grace go together. Yeah. yeah. So if you have had any of these views, did this chapter help with combating those views? Don't necessarily need you to answer that out loud, but something to think about. Um, then <clears throat> at the bottom of page 79, um, Tozier gives us a definition of mercy, um, which is to stoop in kindness to an inferior to have pity upon, and to be actively compassionate. Do you think that's an acceptable definition? Based on your understanding of mercy. Is that different? Yes.
there is an action applied to the mercy. I have two definitions I put in there. One was just a Google search. Um, that mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. And then the Webster's 1828. Um, that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The disposition that tempers justice and induces an injured person to forgive trespasses and injuries and to forbear punishment or inflict less than law or justice will warrant. In this sense, there is perhaps no word in, the, in our language precisely synonymous with mercy that which comes nearest to it is grace. It implies benevolence, tenderness, mildness, pity or compassion, and clemency, but exercised only towards offenders. Mercy is a distinguishing attribute of the supreme being. So, um, so a little bit what Lowell was talking about, this actively compassionate. What does that what does it mean to be actively compassionate? And how can we live this out in our lives? Anybody else?
the, there was action to the mercy of Yes. It cost him something. And if we think of God and what the, the mercy that he has on us, it cost him something too. Which we'll get to that. in your hand out there <clears throat> after those two questions um, sense of mercy as a verb rather than a noun um, is how what it means to compassionate or be actively compassion um, actively doing something to show mercy God's compassion and mercy led him to action ultimately to die on a cross for the sins of the world. That was the, what it cost was his son. Um, so we move in. Mercy of God. 
As are all the attributes. Completely, no more, no less. But there are probably, what we see is God's judgment, but there's also God's mercy is, is every day. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. When he moves into a section on the operation of God's mercy, um, on page 85, um, he says, mercy is God's goodness confronting human guilt and suffering. How would you put that into your own words? In God's grace and goodness, he shows us mercy. He gives us mercy. Yes. God is gracious to grant us mercy and gracious to show us mercy. Anybody else? thinking about Jonah. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll get to a little bit more about that. Um, when God's justice confronts our sin, it results in judgment. 
in the same way when God's goodness confronts our guilt and suffering, it results in mercy. Tozier makes a statement, all men are recipients of God's mercy. How would that apply to this definition? The definition, when the goodness of God confronts human guilt and suffering. falls on the righteous and the unrighteous alike. We all receive mercy no matter who we are, because otherwise we would have perished a long time ago. God is merciful, yeah, not just to believers, but also unbelievers. Mercy, excuse me, he says, mercy holds off judgment, but it does not cancel it. That can only happen through the atonement. Kind of going back to mercy costs something. To, to, or that actively compassionate, which connects to that. It costs us something. All right. Then he um, talks a little bit about the suffering of God. Um, in Isaiah 63 9 says, um, In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And if you think of suffering and affliction uh, as meaning the lack of something or disorder, how can God suffer? Temptation as suffering. Tozier tells us he doesn't understand how God could suffer, could suffer and still be infinite and perfect as He is. And Tozier just he goes on to say um, he just has to take that on faith. Um, 
and believe it even though he doesn't understand it. Um, do you think that's a satisfactory conclusion? And, and part of faith is believing even though you don't understand. Um, and I think Gerald said this several weeks ago that there's a lot about God that we can't know or don't know, but what we are able to know and do know is, is accurate. Something to that effect. Um, I think...
All right. Um, and talking about, he talks about the nearness of God's mercy. Um, Psalm 103, 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And he uh, relays the story of this father during World War I, um, a refugee who came to, a, I guess, a, a place to, to get help for his little daughter. And they told him, we can't do anything because your daughter is not a full orphan. And he says, well, so you're saying if, if I'm not living, then you would take her in and care for her and um, provide for her? And they said, yes. And so he tells, writes about how the father gets down and hugs the little girl and then leaves her and he walks out and he commits suicide so that his daughter will get taken care of. Um, and he uses that as a, a picture of what Christ has done for us. Um, and this, it is a, what he's doing is a comparison to Jesus going to his death on the cross. And he wrote in here, what made Jesus' death uncommon, unusual? That's just a question. It was the dying of the just for the unjust. It was his sacrificial dying, his vicarious dying. He paid a debt he did not owe in behalf of others too deeply in debt ever to pay. Jesus didn't have to die on the cross. He chose to. It was a father pities his children. Jesus loved and pitied us enough to die in our place. So what is our response to God's mercy? He kind of ends the, the chapter on that. He encourages us to show mercy uh, because we have received mercy. And what are practical ways we can show mercy to others? Forgiveness. is a way we can show mercy to others. How does God show mercy to us every day? We're alive, We're alive isn't it? Yes. We take a lot of that for granted. Um, he talks about one way is that we can just um, tell God our troubles. I think that's one way that we can plunge into God's mercy that he talks about. Remembering what God has done for us. 
the mercy that he has given us, we, we can show that mercy to others. How did Jonah respond to God's mercy? He got angry. Yes. Do you ever find yourself responding to God's mercy as Jonah did? I think if we're honest with ourselves, we have. And that's, that is God's mercy to someone else, in the case of Jonah. But what about when, we're, when we receive the mercy, how do we respond to that? I think a proper response to mercy we receive is gratitude um, and even mercy that someone else receives should be gratitude um, to close um, well spend some time when you can and just in silent prayer um, thanking God for his mercy and sharing our sharing your troubles with him and um, ask him to show you how to appropriate his mercy um, in this last paragraph I thought was um, appropriate for um, just God's mercy and and what it means to um, to experience it and to receive it the mercy of God is an ocean divine, a boundless and fathomless flood. Let us plunge out into the mercy of God and come to know it. I hope you believe this because you're going to need this mercy desperately if you don't already have it. The mercy of God in Christ Jesus, amen and amen. Right, so next time we meet, we'll go over uh, God's grace and on your handout, you have just uh, something I pulled out to pique your interest. Um, and until next time, let me pray. Father in heaven, um, thank you for your mercy. Lord, your mercies are new every day. Uh, we need your mercy every day. Father, help us to have a proper attitude uh, towards your mercy and an and understanding of, of that um, and how we can show mercy to others. Um, help us to appreciate the mercy that you have given to us. Um, help us to, to live each and every day in a way that reflects you to those around us. Help us to 
um, to show your love and your kindness, your goodness, your faithfulness, um, your grace and your mercy to others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.